You're listening to Random Fit with hosts Wendy Batts and Ken Miller, winner of a Gold Markham Award for Digital Media. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Random Fit with myself, Wendy Batts, and my friend and colleague, as always, Ken Miller. Ken, how are you? I'm doing great, Wendy. How are you doing? I am doing very well, thank you. All right, you're looking um, good. So today's topic is kind of a piggyback off of something that we did at the beginning of the year last year, and this is the ACSM's Fitness Trends of 2024. And I think this is going to be an episode that, especially if you are a fitness enthusiast, you want to know kind of what's out there and what is trending. And then we're obviously going to talk a little bit about trends and fads and what's here to stay and then give you a little nugget of each one of why it probably made the top 20. So I am looking forward to uh, diving in, Ken. <laughs> yeah. And the, the cool thing about last year, and we don't expect you to go back to what we did last year. However, um, in talking to trainers, talking to my clients, talking to my family and friends, those those that listened to that last episode, some of them just had no idea that some of the things that we brought up, Wendy, were actual things, right? Like, you know, we'll talk about online training. Some of them, some of them knew about it and some of them use it. And then others are like, oh, you could do that, right? Outside of using apps and, and things like that. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that uh, as we go further. But overall, hopefully we'll, we'll enlighten you on some of these things and you know, we'll just as we did last night, just give you some perspective as, as far as what we see ourselves on some of these things. But some of these things that uh, were a little surprising to me, but some, some of them not, were not very so surprising. Yeah. And I think this year we're going to go backwards. We're going to start with number 20 and work our way up to number one. So if you're driving in your car or you're working out listening to us, first of all, thank you for joining us. But I want you to start thinking, what do you think is number one this year? And, you know, let's start with number 20. I was actually shocked because in 2023, this was number seven. It has dropped down this year to number 20 and yeah. it's hit the high intensity interval training. Of course, you know, that is a topic that we hear about all the time. It's you're doing short bouts of, you know, these little exercises as hard and as fast as you can. Mm -hmm. Again, because of the different type of aerobic or anaerobic capacity that it uses, you can't do it for very long. <laughs> and so these really are short bouts if done correctly. But HIIT training, you hear about it all the time. Like, I'm going to go do a HIIT workout. And, you know, it may not be a true HIIT, but it is something that we hear about all the time. And when we, well, kind of forecasting, just to give you something to look forward to, when you look at the other formats of exercise and training, you'll see, I mean, it kind of makes sense. There's only so much space as far as the top 20 goes. So, other things come into the into the fray and unfortunately for high intensity interval training that's the one that drops so i mean it's out there it's it's going to be there to stay it's just not a priority when it comes to those that that filled out the survey so we're talking about trainers uh fitness managers uh management uh educators uh different uh different aspects of the fitness and performance field that filled out the survey and that's where we got the top 20. So, yep, hits there, but it's just not a priority. Seven to number 20. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is something that you mentioned in the very beginning, Ken, talking about online training. This fell out of the twenty or 2023 trends. It did not make the top 20, but it is back again this mm -hmm. year. And it is the online personal training. 
Uh, it comes in at number 19. So it didn't even come in at 20. It went up to number 19 from missing the list. And I think it's something that it's always going to be here to stay as well. I still train people online and it's not because they don't want to see me or I don't want to see them. Mm -hmm. We both found it to be way more convenient for us both because we don't live really close to each other. So yeah. for me to go to their home or them to come to me, just that travel time, especially in Atlanta with the traffic, it just was taking way too much time. Not that I'm not worth it. However, uh, yeah. it's one of those things where they have full equipment. I show them what I want them to do and then they go and do it. And I make sure that everything's set up correctly and watch their form and their technique. And it's just convenient. Very convenient. Very convenient. And from the standpoint that you've got your time set, I've got my time set with, with my morning groups um, or those that I can't I can't see at that point. Like I'm, I'm, I train one of my neighbors and when she goes out of town or when I'm out of town, you know, it, you know, we, we can still keep our commitments. We can still keep our appointments, but we just have to do it, you know, from, from wherever she is or wherever I am. But the other part of it is, and when you look at the description is that we're not just talking about synchronous where we're actually on line at the same time, you're talking about, an option of being asynchronous. So pre-recorded follow-alongs and as you have followers or you have um, subscriptions that are uh, that are out there, you, you can subscribe and you can go at your convenience. So when we talk about online training, it's, it's both like what you just described, Wendy, where we're online at the same time or at your convenience. If you wanna work out at 11 o'clock at night or if you're at a different time zone, you can still get a good quality workout, but without the feedback. So, yes, yeah. indeed. <laughs> and then um, number 18, this is something that was brand new and it was added as a potential trend just to see how it was going to do. And it actually came in at number 18. This is something I know, Ken, you and I are pretty passionate about. And it's it's just one little section of something that's going to come later on. Mm -hmm. But it's called data driven technology or uh, training technology. And this right. is kind of what you were just talking about with the real time thing. If you're working with a trainer and you have a Garmin watch or you have something that really mm -hmm. can show um, your heart rate at that moment, what your um, what your body is doing with whatever right. type of exercise it is at that moment, real time data that's helping you determine if you're doing the right zone or whatever type of training you're trying to do at mm -hmm. that moment. So it comes in as a new trend um, in 2024 at number 18. Yeah. And going back to number 20, high intensity interval training. How are you, how are you determining that interval, right? You have to hit your highs, you have to hit your lows. So are the highs high and the lows low? How are you gonna know? So being able to refer to your, your Garmin or your Aura, whatever it is that you're using at that moment, a lot of my clients have have Apple, right? They use the heart rate monitor on their Apple watches. And I'll tell them, okay, when we hit one, 145, just to pick a number, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna stay there for about 30 seconds. And then when your heart rate gets down to 125, then we'll pick it back up again. So that's an example that's that's out there, you know, just to say, okay, we are really doing that interval aspect of high interval. And how else do you know outside of, you know, being able to watch what their watch is telling you. So that that live 
up to the second data point monitoring is is something that I'm seeing more and more out there. And I'm and I'm and I'm using it just like everybody else is as far as number 18 goes. So very effective. Very effective. I agree. Well, number 17 comes to no surprise, except for the number that it is. This was ranked number two last year and number two, and it has dropped to number 17. And I think it's just because there are so many other options and choices on this survey, but it's just the traditional strength training. And when you think about strength training, we know the benefits and we know the importance of it, not only just physically, but even mentally and what it does for our, our mind, our body, our bones, our muscles, of course. And so I was really shocked with it being number 17, but I'm not shocked that it's still in the top, uh, top 20. Right. And just a quick summary, that's, that's something that's integrated with other. So if you're going to do high, high intensity interval training, you might be lifting a lot of a lot of heavy weights, right? If you're doing functional training, exercises, medicine, the other the other points we're going to bring up, you know, strength training is going to be a part of that. So I think that's just one of those just I don't say garbage terms, but it's 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 it bleeds into everything. Yeah. And when they define strength training, they're talking yeah. everything from barbells, dumbbells, kettlebells, right. anything that's using a piece of equipment to right. work particular prime movers and muscles. And right. so just just for clarification, when they right. say strength training, because yeah. there's a lot of different ways that you can look at strength training. Number 16, Ken. 16 comes in and we did a yeah. podcast about this last year because when we saw it on the on the trends, you and I both are like, what is this? Um, but number 16 yeah. comes in as exercise is medicine. Um, this was a trend that uh, when we started to really dive deeper, we see the importance of it. But just exercise as medicine is a term that you're hearing more and more, especially when you're working or around doctors that are trying to help clients and patients become stronger and doing things outside of, you know, outside of obviously something that, that um, like a, a particular program that they have uh, written out. So working with personal trainers, working with wellness coaches. So they're trying to help uh, administer plans for their patients to help whatever it is that they're in for. <laughs> yeah. And as you're saying, it's a really bad recap of that, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, I thought it was perfect, Wendy. Uh, <laughs> you know, and this, like, like you're mentioning, this, this, with, again, to stay within the scope of practice uh, for personal trainers. You know, we're we're talking about movement, movement enhancement, but with the consideration, the fact that there are there are other aspects of health and wellness that you're trying to address outside of, you know, being stronger, being more capable. Uh, being more functional in in daily life, so there's there's a lot of collaboration, cooperation with with other fitness professionals or other professionals in the allied medical field when it comes to this one. So appropriate. Number fifteen. This comes to no shock, other than it's number fifteen. I thought it actually would have been uh, closer to the top ten. Yeah, me too. Um, but yoga. We we all know the importance of stretching. We know the difference. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. The importance of stretching. There are multiple types of yoga. So the people that are like me that just can't become one with yourself very easily, there's there's more challenging types of yoga. However, mind-body connection, really trying to become one with yourself. Um, I, I think it's obviously important. I honestly believe yoga is here to stay. It will probably remain in the top 20 in my personal opinion. Um, I don't know about yours though. 
<laughs> well, just <laughs> get a drink of water, Wendy. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me. When it comes to, I mean, you can't throw you can't throw a tennis ball any one direction without hitting a yoga studio. I don't think, um, you know, around especially where I live, you know, around the, uh, the 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 beach facing the bay. There's yoga yoga sessions going on there. There's yoga on stand up paddle boards. There's you know, personal train, you know, there's personal yoga studios within the the big health clubs within five miles of me. Each one offers yoga classes multiple times a day. So um, that that's why I was really surprised. It's again weighted against other things. Yeah, I can see that, but I, it's it's a it's a very popular modality, and it's something that I've, you know, I, I'll go on YouTube and follow a yoga session every now and then, and I feel I feel great from it. Well, and I have a lot of my professional athletes do it. It's one of those things where I think they need to like kind of do active recovery. We always mm -hmm. talk about that yoga to me, kind of, especially with these individuals and what they're doing um, in the season or what they're doing with me on quote off days. If they want to do something that's really going to benefit them where they still feel like they're doing some sort of session. I have them do a yoga session. And then when I come back and I measure their range of motion, it really does help them significantly and um and their range of motion which is going to obviously increase quality of movement so yeah so there you go so number 14 this one um it, it was actually i think number five in 2023 but it's called functional fitness training and when i first heard of that i was like you know functional training and, and of course i think our mind mm -hmm. goes to all the modalities that we can use to challenge different things However, when you're thinking about functional fitness, this is something that we're going to be doing and using more and more if we're not already with our seniors or people that we're trying to get better uh, movement patterns. So it really is trying to focus on improving balance, coordination, functional strength, yeah. if you will, endurance, uh, activities of daily living. So I think it's really yeah. looking at how someone's moving and the quality of their movement. And then we're working on a functional fitness type program to help them do it better. And the, the, I mean, the, the client that I just had this morning before, yeah, I, I trained and then I came straight here to record. But one of the things that we work is just grip strength, because one of the one of one of her goals was the fact that she just wanted to be able to open a jar of whatever without having to give it to her husband to for him to open up. Right. So when you talk about functional, right, functional fitness, she just wants to open a jar. And I have other, she just, you know, just, do you have the grip? I've been there. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm not saying that I don't have my troubles opening jars, but those are the things that she just noted more and more often. Her grip was such that she, she just couldn't open jars anymore without having, you know, to run it under warm water, you know, get the, you know, get her husband open it or use one of those tools that helps you open jars. But we're also talking about going up and down stairs. We're also talking about, um, you know, just like like what we're talking about, activities of daily living, lifting up garbage, putting, you know, moving furniture around if you had to. And that's something that I'm seeing more and more and more. People just want to be able to do the things they were able to do a year or two ago with more ease just because they're getting more challenged when it comes to the things they have to do just to get around, you know, when, during their waking day. So. I can I can see this, but like I said, I, I was surprised that this didn't keep a higher ranking when it comes to what people are looking for through their fitness programming. 
Yes, uh, that brings us to number 13. This is yes. one that I know Ken and I, uh, you know, we're, we're pretty passionate about, I, I think mainly because NASM obviously has a course. We spend a lot of time working with our fellow instructors and mm -hmm. it's health and wellness coaching. And this has been a top trend since uh, what? Since I think it it came on board in uh, what 2010 maybe um, when yeah. it first it came out and now of course we're hearing more <coughs> about it but they'll say that it's kind of the connection between clinic and community and trying to bridge the gap and we're able if you are a wellness coach or a health and wellness coach mm -hmm. able to really help someone to their fitness journey and then at that point to um, help them kind of stay on track so they hit their goals not just in the gym but outside of the gym where the the struggles are more real yeah and for this for this episode of random fit where we're talking about the 2024 acsm fitness trends yes this this is this is one where you and i wendy when we talk about this um there's just multiple aspects of wellness that don't get addressed through the traditional routes of personal training. So now you're talking about more nutrition, more health and sleep related um, um, aspects of your life. So I, yeah, this is this is more of the 360 degree approach to getting someone to feel better and move, move better on top of all of that. Yes. I can't even say anything more than yes. And so I think if you obviously are a personal trainer and you are also a wellness coach, you yeah. and you have your background and have some information on nutrition, you're kind of like loaded at all ends to help every single individual that walks through your doors um, because it also goes through on how, it, how to work through somebody by providing the empathy, but then also making sure that, that even though you're empathetic to whatever their needs and their feelings are, that you're also trying to show them that they still are going to have to go past that. And mm -hmm. this isn't okay if it's a continuous problem, you know, whatever. If they're canceling sessions, they're not showing up. You right. got to then put the hammer down. And it kind of walks you through how to do that. <laughs> whatever it takes. You know me, I'm pretty straightforward. So <laughs> I needed to take that to learn how to be sweeter, I guess, in certain areas of my uh, business. <laughs> That's right. Just kidding. Um, but number 12 comes in at outdoor fitness activities. Obviously, this was higher uh, when the pandemic was, uh, you know, when we were all kind of shut down and we couldn't do anything. But they told you, go outdoors, be active. This obviously has fallen out of the top 10 into number 12. But I am still a huge believer in going outdoors, getting fresh air. We did another podcast. I guess it's really like we've done all these podcasts, but if not, you should go back and download all of them and listen. But Ken and I did one on earthing where I think this is actually mm -hmm. super important. Um, it allows you to become one with yourself and the earth and the ground. But then also, too, if you're out and about, you can go hiking or get you know some friends to go on a walk with you or you want to get on a team and play tennis or pickleball. There's so many different activities outside that I think is just good for your mind. Yeah, nothing nothing replaces fresh air, Wendy. So just get outside. So I you think. live in California. Does that mean you're getting on a plane? And I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm I'm 10 miles from the Pacific Ocean. I can <laughs> I, I do have to drive for it, but uh, overall <laughs> the you know just getting outside and like you said, earthing. You know, one of the things I do, especially I mean now as of this recording. It's it's the colder part of the year, so 
putting my feet on like kind of cold, wet grass. I still do it. I just have to make sure I wet my feet before I put my socks and shoes back on. But getting outside, I mean, I feel refreshed before I have to sit behind a computer, before I have to get on a call or before I'm indoors in my facility training clients, you know, I'll go walk around the building and, you know, just get some sun on my face, some outside air in my lungs. And, you know, I, I feel refreshed. I'm, I'm, I'm good to go for the next hour, 90 minutes, whatever my session does. So. I love it. I do, it. I do the same thing. I take, you know, this, if anyone ever calls me probably 90% of the time I'm outside walking around, I do not take calls inside. A, I don't want to over talk my husband. It's not like, you know, we, 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 uh, we both work from home often and, um, but it's just good for my soul. So as long it as I'm getting my computer in front of me, I will usually take your call. Go outside. outside. Go yeah. outside. Um, number 11, this actually has moved up five spots, but lifestyle medicine. And just for clarification, when they're talking about this, they're talking about when you're promoting healthy behaviors as the foundation of your health promotion, disease prevention, as well as medical treatment. So all in all, lifestyle medicine, it has moved up. I think it will move up again possibly in the next uh, couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, but that didn't come to any surprise to me at all. Yeah. And, and the, the one word that popped up is just stress reduction, stress management. So what we just talked about 30 seconds ago, go outside, you know, get some sunlight on your face, get some fresh air, take a few deep breaths uh, before you go into the next thing. So, you know, getting, getting outdoors, breathing, you know, box breathing, uh, just manage that stress. Meditation, meditation is one of those topics that's been coming up more and more and more uh, with me and my clients. So this lifestyle medicine is, you know, it's just a different aspect or a different emphasis when it comes to, you know, getting somebody to be there to be their best. So and I think it's important yeah. when we're talking about this too, and <coughs> another plug, but um, Marty Miller and I talk about this often, the differences between like your biological age, like when you were born, how old mm -hmm. are you versus like how old is your body? And, and yeah. so it's really about trying to increase your longevity, having a healthier life versus just I want to reach 90 and, you know, there's a difference between being 90 and active or being 90 and bedridden. So I think that's kind of where this one would fall into place. And so just as a quick, a quick, ah, quick, geez, uh, recap, I'm going to go from 20 before we hit number 10. So we had coming in at 20, we had the hit. So high intensity training. Yep. We had online personal training that came in at number 19, number 18, data driven technology. Um, we had 17 traditional strength training. We had 16 exercise is medicine. 15 was yep. yoga. 14 was functional fitness training. 13 health and wellness coaching. 12 outdoor fitness activities. 11 lifestyle medicine. And coming in at number 10, Ken, is where we fall into place specifically more and more right, based on right our goals, in the middle. is personal training. And of course, personal training it comes in at number 10. This is something that obviously has been like on the actual survey since 2007. And since 2007, it has made the top 20 in various positions. But guys, people need help, especially as our baby boomers are aging. 
And mm -hmm. if you are a fitness enthusiast and you've never had a personal trainer, I would suggest strongly to go and see one, do a full body assessment, get a program that's really individualized for you. But if you are a trainer, just know that our businesses still should, stood, still should be booming because yeah. you need us. Uh, they do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> I agree. Uh, and, and when it comes to personal training, I think if, you, if you're listening to us and you've never had a personal train, trainer before, uh, you know, we've talked about shopping for personal trainers and, and knowing what it takes to, to, to take on a good personal trainer. But when we, we've talked about this before, as far as working with some guidance, somebody who is certified, somebody who is experienced that can accommodate uh, what it is you're looking for, for your physical and wellness needs. But it doesn't, I mean, it, it, it is an investment, right? And I think money is what comes into play when it comes to people's thoughts on personal trainers. Like, gotta be rich, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta have a lot of discretionary income to take on a personal trainer. But there's been plenty of times where I've taken somebody and just get them started, you know, point them in the right direction, give them a few key tips and pointers. And I meet with some people every four or six weeks just to tune up, to accommodate, you know, the financial, the budgetary side of, of getting that type of guidance because you know if you don't know what you do and you don't know what to do you go you're going to social media for some of these ideas on what you think you should or re you're reading a magazine uh, i don't know who reads magazines anymore but you're going to these sources that <laughs> are just meant to, yeah they're just you know those things that you see at the airport that are on the rack yeah that's a magazine so <laughs> so what i'm saying is get the guidance get pointed in the right right direction find find out information about yourself as seen through the eyes of a personal trainer and get going right versus following the words or or listening to somebody who's just talking trying to talk to millions of people and not you specifically so personal training yeah i 100 behind it 100 well i'm 100 behind number nine because <laughs> this one i you know obviously yeah. I, I hold near and dear to my heart as well because i have a child but coming in at number nine was the youth athletic development and so more and more parents are starting to see the abc rates in their other the children are on a very scary high and so trying to get more and more of our little guys outside moving mm -hmm. working on uh, proper coordination movement patterns doesn't have to be somebody that's just preparing for a sport um, i really believe in and working with our youth because again it's going to help with coordination it helps with mind body connection helps with different patterning and this is going to create better quality of movement more power more strength and multiple sports especially if they're just working on themselves and not necessarily something that's very sports specific when it comes to youth sports and conditioning uh, you, you, you also have the other, the other side of the coin where you, you have kids that are specializing early. And we've talked about this where now, if you have a thrower, you have a baseball player and they're specializing 10, 11 years old, even, well, now you are subject to the inherent risks of repetitive stress. And this is where getting some guidance on movement enhancement and being able to condition for somebody who is doing a repetitive sport uh, just for the sake of being able to stay in that sport longer and counter you know the 
you know, the, the risks of injury. So I think when it comes to youth athletic development, there's, yeah, you want to be good at your sport, but you also got to really remember that now if you're doing a sport a lot, you run the risk of doing um, overuse injuries for, for that athlete. So it's just something to be aware of for a lot of parents. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, number eight, um, this one does not surprise me, and I'm sure it probably doesn't surprise you either, but exercise for mental health. One thing that was a big statistic that stood out when you actually look at exercise and mental, you know, for mental health, that approximately one in every eight individuals globally is affected to varying degrees of mental illness. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about that, that's, that's a pretty scary statistic. And, you know, what what exercise is able to do is we know that it's going to help with um, cognition and mood. It's obviously going to help somebody emo emotionally, physiologically, psychology, you know, uh, psychologically. So it's not just physically, you know, physically, how does someone look, but it's helping right. them mentally as well. And I think the socialization, especially if they're coming to a gym or they're working out in groups or they're in different types of environments, it's, it's, very healthy for so many different reasons, but yeah. I was kind of shocked to see it at number eight because it did it did jump up. Uh, and I think that just in light of you know what what is happening in the world around us when it comes to um, just stress mental mental stresses and what that means for dependence on medications and. Uh, seeking counseling and the the help of of medical professionals, they they do know that exercise helps people rectify or at least address the the signs and symptoms of mental health. So, exercise does help with a lot of that. So, I mean, it's one of those things that's just under recommended from the medical the medical field. But uh, I think when people do do it, they they actually feel better. They just have to be able to commit and do it consistently. I think more people are becoming more honest with themselves too. So I think yeah. it is becoming more recognized because more people are reaching out. I know like right. my, in my parents era, that was never like right. if somebody was had a mental, you know, illness, it was not talked about. And now people are right. just becoming more and more open about it and they're right. seeking help. And I think that's super important. And obviously there's a ton of research and a ton of, of help out there. So if you fall within, you are that one of eight, then there are definitely places that you can go, right. but also no exercise can help. Um, yeah. That brings us into number seven, actually, because mm -hmm. number seven was a mobile exercise app. And I'm a huge fan of this, huge, because, right. and now granted, I use, there are so many different apps that are out there. I personally use the NA, NASM Edge app, and every single client that comes to me personally, face-to-face, -face, I set up a home program on that particular app that is something that I want them to do on their own when they're not with me, or to your point, Ken, we mm -hmm. talked about this when the online training, if I can't be with them or they're going to be traveling or they just want a program. I can go into the app. I can build out a workout, all of the, um, and again, it depends on your app, but if you're using edge, they all have a video associated with them. And it says how many reps, how many, um, how many sets I want them to do. And it'll just go from one exercise to another and they just click next and next. And then it'll show me, the trainer that they completed that workout. So that way they can't right. find me. <laughs> <clears throat> right. Or they're logging in and they just said complete. 
and I'm done. <laughs> and I did it. And then, when you watch, you. then when you watch a move and you're like, you have not been doing this. Um, one of the, one of the, one of the, one of the cool things that I, that I took on this year, Wendy is, is using my Garmin and I can actually see when a few of my clients who have Garmin's, they will enter in what they did. So it'll, it'll show me their heart rate. It'll show me how hard they worked, how long they worked. And then from there, I can say, hey, great job. I can encourage them. And I can also say, okay, now is the time to get into your Normatec boots, or now is the time to do that corrective exercise sequence that I've assigned to you on your Edge app. So if I have a preset sequence to complement the workout that they did, I can not just give them or acknowledge that they worked out hard, but you can also address any kind of correctives or or deloading, if you will, when it comes to an off day workout or, or something that just kind of balances the stress that they put into the body. Now they can manage that and take it out. So when it comes to mobile exercise apps, just a lot, a lot of options when it comes to, okay, what can you do and who can hold you accountable to it? So, yes. Yeah. And just make sure too, that if you don't have a connection with the trainer and you are going to use an app, just make sure that it's a, a highly recognized app and that, you know, the people that are behind the scenes are someone that, uh, 100%. that knows what they're yeah. talking about. <laughs> right. Exactly. Which rolls into number six, employing certified exercise professionals. This has been in the top 10 for as long as I can remember. And again, I look at this every year because I want to see what's mm -hmm. out there. I want to see where where our industry is going and what people are using or what they find to be more important. And that's one of the reasons we bring these podcasts to you. So you're also aware um, to me as a business owner, you have to fulfill certain boxes. You have to check certain boxes in order for me to feel comfortable working in my facility with my people, should I be going out of town and mm -hmm. having an accredited certification is important to me. Now, again, not everyone, you know, I know that there are different certifications out there. Even NASM has one that's not accredited, mm -hmm. but it's one of those things that I think if you do hold higher standards for yourself, and you really spend time educating yourself with content and then finding your niche, specializing in that through, yes, more education, then that's going to make you get paid more, more people want right. you, yep. and you're going to be able to <clears throat> increase your rates at a higher level than somebody else that just went and sat, took a test, and they are just a trainer. Right. It's just something, you know, to look out for as, as a consumer. But as you're talking about, Wendy, as, as a fitness professional, you just want to make sure that you are you meet the minimum requirements for what it is you're trying to do mostly through your job. So just I'll say buyer beware, but something to look for. Yes. Number five. I love this one. <laughs> I love this do. one because I am an <laughs> exercise fitness professional, um, but reimbursement. For qualified exercise uh -huh. professionals, so what they have termed QEP, so if you ever see QEP, that's what it stands for, but this is a reimbursement for services that you're able to provide that supports recognition of, of yourself as an exercise professional helping a particular individual. So you'll have to kind of look into it because they do have, it's differences, difference than being a licensed professional 
you can mm -hmm. still be a personal trainer. And yep. then there are different types of reimbursements you could get depending on that person's insurance and, mm -hmm. um, you know, what is it? FSA cards. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I've, I have clients that say, okay, just invoice me for what, mm -hmm. what, what we do. And so I just say, okay, we trained, uh, for, you know, once a week for, for this month. So I give them an invoice and they submit it to their, uh, I think usually it's an HR department and then the client gets, you know, they get, they get compensated back for what they just invested in our, in our training sessions. So <clears throat> to address that money, money thing that we brought up earlier, it's, it's just one way that companies are supporting the health and well-being of their employees. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's just a really easy thing to do if, you know, you as a personal trainer, if you just document, if you maybe have like a, a one, a one page description of what you do and who you've helped testimonials help a website link to, to your services also help that way. If you have a client that does have a flexible or health savings account, they can just send that to their HR department and then they review it and then they approve it. I mean, it's not automatic, but it does have to go under some auditing and review because there are some people that do abuse that, unfortunately, but the steps are there. The steps are there. And if you didn't know that was a thing, <clears throat> guys, it's a thing. And it's so thing. check it out yeah. because you could really help somebody financially that may be struggling to come and see you and you may be only having them once or twice a month because of financial reasons. However, if they do have different plans, you can have them look into that because you could help them and yourself while you know, financially for them, but building your business by getting more sessions in. So I think that right. one's really important. Um, number four, exercise for weight loss. Again, not surprising. It was number eight in 2023. Uh, so it has been in the top 10 for multiple years. And I know that especially because obesity is on the rise, we know this overweight obesity, people that are very sedentary with sitting in front of technology, we know that yeah. people aren't moving as much as they should. So there are more and more people that are still coming in with the goal of weight loss. And it did make the trends of, at number four. Yep. And I think that will that will be in the top five forever, I think. Mm hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and number three, so. you know, to me, like <clears throat> three and four. So we've got now it's kind of uh -huh. like, what are the goals? So it, to me, it's not really a trend. It seems like these are more goal related. So we've got weight loss that came in at four. And then at number three, it's fitness programs for older adults. Yeah. So as we just talked about, we know that more and we're, we're seeing more and more seniors. We're living longer, but we're not also, again, think about lifespan versus health span. And, you know, how healthy are you as you're aging? And so I think it's important. This has been obviously um, this moved up to number three. So as we know, this is here to stay. And I think if you're not working with seniors, but you want to, it is a really good niche to get into. If you are a senior and you're listening to us again, thank you for that. However, just know there you're number three. This is a trend. So there are more and more fitness professionals that are focusing specifically on the senior population or what I like to call active ad older adults. So, yeah. And, you know, and, and what we've talked about before, I mean, just, you know, when you, when you talk about activities like pickleball, where, where they have a, an ability to, to, to take part in other physical 
activity, recreational sports, they want to be more active. So they're realizing that they have to condition for these things that they want to do. So if you want to go for a hike on an uneven trail somewhere, yeah, that takes a certain level of conditioning, especially if you haven't been doing that. And as you've, as you, as you're actively aging, there, there are more things that have to be done that have to be addressed or need special emphasis uh, when it comes to the workout plan. So yes, definitely, definitely something that's uh, out there and, and in our face more so as, as you and I, as fitness professionals take on, take on clients, they, they are getting older in demographics. Agreed. <clears throat> Number two, Ken, I was super shocked to find out that this was a new trend, a new trend that just made the list. I know, right? And it came in at number two. So this, in my personal opinion, should have been on this a lot sooner. But it is number two is the Worksite Health Promotion. And guys, I'm telling you, there are so many corporations out there that are really trying to get their employees um, to move. They want them to be able to feel better mm -hmm. and, and look better and perform better because not just what they're doing physically, it's really good cognitively for them. Plus, if someone is sitting at a desk, they're not taking breaks, they end up having low back pain or neck pain or rounded shoulders and all the things that we hear about very commonly with our clients. If there isn't some kind of um, company-wide initiative to get people moving, then they're seeing their numbers of people that are, they, they are not coming in for work. So there's missed work days. They're obviously going into different doctor's appointments. It's costing more and more money for the company. Yeah. And so this, I think too, goes along with what we just talked about with number five, you know, working with companies, finding out what is their health plan? What are you able to do? But then also maybe inserting yourself into some of these bigger corporations that you're by mm -hmm. to see if you can actually go in and, and provide training or education. I think this is a huge opportunity for people if you're not doing so already. You know, and I thought I was misreading this, Wendy, because <laughs> when I first graduated college 30 years ago, this is what I, this is what I did. Me I too. Was, I was on site working with this, this, this defense contracted company, but they had a full, full gym. They had racquetball courts. They had an open field. They had a track and I would manage the assessments and the evaluations and exercise and program design. And this is what I, I mean, every day I went to this on-site facility and trained, you know, they had, you know, I think four to 5,000 employees through the 24 hour cycle. And this is this is who I, this is what I did out of college. And so to see this, I'm like, let me read that over again, mm -hmm. because now to see it back on the list and something that companies um, are doing, I mean, it's just it's just one of those things that from a budgetary standpoint, if budgets need to be cut, it's usually fitness that gets cut first, unfortunately, or they've learned to outsource it like what we're reading or what we've just talked about. So. Worksite health promotion. It's it's good that companies are, man. You gotta you gotta invest in equipment, time, personnel to run these things. And I, I can see why it's now coming back because now they're just realizing, okay, our employees are out of shape. They're stressed. They're spending a ton of hours here. Let's see what we can do to support them while they're working for us here on site, which we're starting to see more and more now. 
Yes, the people are going back to work. So. Back to work. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, coming in at number one, I know you guys have been chomping at the bit to find out what number one is. Uh, I know if you're impatient like me, I probably already have Googled it when I got on to number 18 because I wanted to know who won the game or who won who won the, uh, yeah. the top 20. Yeah. This has been in the top three since it was very put on the survey since and this came in at, I think, 20. 16 was mm -hmm. when it was first put onto the survey. And again, it's been one, two or three since mm -hmm. then. It's number one again this year. This is something, Ken, you and I, we both wear. We find, I mean, I've got every type of device on to see which one's going to yeah. tell me that I'm better <laughs> in certain areas yeah. than the other. But it's wearable technology. And this is providing real-time information on how well did I sleep? What's my HRV? What's my respiration? Um, my Garmin tells me my body battery, you know, where I'm running and how much am I charged up versus how much have I used. Uh, it lets right. me know too how I'm sleeping. And I think knowing all my metrics, knowing daily, you know, I woke up and I feel terrible. My HRV is uh, out of whack or something like that. I may be coming down with something. So it's right. good to allow me to see myself, my information, and then look at it daily over seven, seven days, over, you know, over months and then over years and, and seeing what is the trend of me and what can I do better for my life or, you know, my fitness journey to get my numbers better if I see them spiking in a negative fashion. Yeah, and I, I think wearables. This is something that needs to drop off the list because it's it's out there. It's it's out there like dumbbells and barbells and stretching, right? And so when it comes to the all those points that you bring up, Wendy, I see, you know, through my Garmin, I'm like, oh man, I I thought I got better sleep than I did, but my Garmin's telling me I didn't. So then after evaluate, oh, it's like you know what? I was looking at the phone a little bit later at night than I should have. And that's why I didn't get a good enough sleep. So I think that what people need to understand about wearable technology is that the information's in your face, but what really has to happen is your decision after knowing this information about yourself is what are you going to do about it? Right? What, what, what are you going to do to affect change based on the information that you know? So if you did well, great, go with it. Keep doing what you're doing. But if you didn't sleep well, you didn't move enough, then guess what? What are you going to do to make things better tomorrow? So yes. wearable, wearables, it's it's here to stay. I mean, it is. Dun, 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 wearables is number one. It's, it's, in your, <laughs> it's in your face forever. forever. And if, if I want to go ahead and, and just recap the, the top 10, seeing how I did 20 to 10. So again, coming at, at, at number 10 is personal training. Then we had number nine, youth athletic development. Eight was exercise for mental health. Seven, mobile exercise apps. Six was employing certified exercise professionals. Five, reimbursement for qualified exercise professionals. Number yeah. four, exercise for weight loss. Three, fitness programs for older adults. Two, worksite health promotion. And coming in at number one, wearable technology. Yep. <laughs> so... It's I thought I will say this, Ken. When we talk about trends versus fads and different things, when we're when we talk about their fitness trends, I just want to make sure we're defining it. And it's really just a general development or change in a situation or in the way that people are behaving. So when we're talking about these fitness trends, that's kind of how these trends are defined. 
I mean, mm-hmm. a fad is something that is, you know, someone's really enthused about, they're crazed about at this one given moment. It doesn't, yeah. it's really not here to stay. So I think it's important to think about all the top 20 and then find out, you know, is there something that maybe that, that you didn't know about that we mentioned that maybe you can do more research on? But I found it fascinating. Do you know one of the um, trends that I did not see on the top 20 this year that I thought was on every single year was body weight training. And then I know what right. fell off was live online classes. So that those, neither one of them made the list. But which is surprising because I use, again, when, when it comes to working with masses or satisfying the least common denominator, when I'm doing a, a, a online session, Lots. I mean, you can't get away from just everybody doing the same thing at the same time and body weight training solves that problem. So that's, I mean, again, there are a lot of good things on there and I just, I think it just edged out those other two things you talked about. So. Yeah. <laughs> Got to find what works for you. And if, that's if there was the a, if thing. there was a, yeah, if there was a top 25, it'd be on there for sure. <laughs> yeah, sure would. However, yeah. you've got to think too, body weight training, that could be the functional fitness training, you know, because you're teaching coordination and movement yeah. patterns, you know, daily activities. We don't always, you know, I don't have them use a lot of weight when they're doing something on a daily activity right. because you don't do that. Yeah. Grab a weight really quick right. before you do that activity. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Wendy, this was a good one. And I yes. think a great, a great way to kind of give us perspective on what's available, what's out there. If you're curious about something, go look it up. Um, if if it's something you've been doing and it's something that you you're 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 really enjoying, keep going with it. You're not alone. That's why I made the top twenty. So uh, thanks, Wendy, for your insights on all this, all, all the top twenty when it comes to ACSM's twenty twenty four uh, top twenty list. So I was I was uh, I was surprised, but not surprised by some of the things. So if you, as a listener here of Random Fit with both Wendy Batts and myself, Ken Miller, thank you for listening and sharing this time as far as us exploring that top 20 list, which which I thoroughly enjoyed. So if you liked it, as we go into 2024, thank you for listening. Like, follow, subscribe, download, share, comment, rate us, five out of five if you can. And we would deeply be appreciative. So until next time, everybody, take care and be well.